right. Welcome to an all new episode of Much Ado About Nothing. This is the uh, show where me and Joel break down all the latest in football, basketball, geek news, movies, and television. Uh, and man, is there stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> Tone of voice were like lower and lower. Yeah. Like, man, is there stuff to talk about? <laughs> yeah, because it's just, you, you know what it is. You know what it is. All right. So my Patriots were obviously horrible this year, right? Yes, that, that's I not guess. a shock. Uh, mm. They were really, really, really bad. So my glimmer of hope was at the Knicks, and it's early. So I'm not acting like this is the 64th game and the Knicks are garbage. No. But my, you know, my hope was the Knicks would look really good. I would have something to lead me into the Mets. Maybe the Mets would look really good. Um, but it's just really looking like 2020 is stretching its arms sports-wise for me to just hug me and let me know I will never, ever have a consistency of three really good sporting teams. Um, and it, it, it I, here's the thing that frustrates me the most, and then we'll get into tonight's game. Um New England had a hot start, flamed out immediately, right? You look at it, you go, they weren't really healthy. They had opt-outs. Um, you know, the Mets were just the Mets. And then you look at the Knicks and you're like, oh, they started off really well. Then the injury bug hit them. And, you know, now they've kind of just hit a rut, you know? And it's just an like, offensive rut. Right, an offensive rut. You know, that translates to a defensive rut because they get really lazy when they're not mm-hmm. using shots. Um, so it's just frustrating to me to look at the potential of what they could be and then seeing them slowly become what we're used to them being. And again, it's very early. Um, you know, things could change, but uh, we just saw the final, I think it was what 115 or 119 to 109. Uh, 116 to 109. 116 to 109. Um, I don't know what to fucking say, man. I, I swear this offense is playing like fucking uh, hot potato with who will be the, the guy to lead us offensively. Like one game will be like, God damn, where's Knox? Then Knox shows up and we're like, does, does Knox showing up mean that someone else can't? Like, what it, That's what that seems like. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like they'll take turns. I swear, it's like, I swear, I think before the Knicks play every game, the fucking, uh, what was the name of those those monsters in, in, in uh, fucking Space Jam? I swear they come out. Monsters. Yeah, they fucking drain the talent of our of our team before yeah. it took off every game. And it's like, what the hell? But what were your thoughts on tonight's game? Uh, it wasn't a good game. Um it definitely had – I mean, we started off the first quarter. I thought it was pretty decent because um, as long as we keep a team under 30 and a quarter, I'm usually happy. Uh, but, unfortunately, we couldn't score over 30 in that quarter. Um, and then that second quarter is really where we lost the game, where we got, we got outscored by 15 points. Uh, they just destroyed us during most of that second quarter. Uh, had a decent third quarter, and then the fourth quarter was kind of back and forth to the end where we pulled – you know, made it um, – close to the end but like really it was over because they had to put kd back in the game to close the game out um but you know it was it it, it wasn't really that close throughout most of the game like i said that second quarter was really the worst of it um but like randall had a good game at least um Knox had a good game um rj bounced back after he looked like he was gonna like tank again um 
that's good. Um, so those are the bright spots you can really take with those three. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm loving what I've seen out of Nerlens Noel so far. Because if he's not blocking shots, he's not giving me enough rebounds. So what are you doing? <laughs> You're just taking up space now because you can't hit a jump shot, right? At this point, I'm really looking forward to seeing Taj Gibson get more minutes. Um, then Austin has kind of been erratic, he, like lost his touch a little bit. He, he's on and off. Uh, quickly had a decent game. Uh, at least he hustles. Like even when we're like down 18, he hustles. I give that. I give the kid credit there. And uh, Top of was hurt. I'm not hurt, but you know he played a minute, and that you can't really do shit in a minute. Um, so unfortunately for him, he has to like work his, you got to get his win back. Um, and that was really, Bullock didn't play. Peyton was uh, frustrating. Like when he plays bad, we, we probably lose. That's usually, and unfortunately that, that can't be a thing because he's not going to always play good and he mostly will not play good. So we can't depend on Peyton being good to win games. Yeah. I, I, all right. So here's what stresses me about Alfred Peyton. I'd say it's probably the same shit that stresses me with Julius Randle. I swear it reminds me of Julius Randle reminds me of Melo so much. It's almost sickening. And what I mean by that is, um, and I'm going to compare it again to watching my Patriots this year. Our offense is so one dimensional. It's becoming predictable when you watch like, all right, now obviously basketball is only, but certain, you know, a few different ways you can operate an offense. But what I mean by predictable is when they bring it up to court, everybody, including fans at home, know that the ball is going right to Julius Randle, meaning they're going to double Julius Randle immediately. And he's shown he gets very flustered when you do that. So it's like, all right, now we're wasting 10 seconds of the 20-second shot clock on Randle trying to get the ball out of his hands because he's doubled. And then when they're not doubling Randall, for some strange reason, the Knicks are Superman and the zone is the highest form of kryptonite ever created. Yeah. And, well, go ahead. No, I'm saying that. You're right. They can't figure out the zone. It's like there's right. a giant. <laughs> me, I, I feel, that's funny. I feel like if somebody could emerge from the Knicks, and that's why I, I really do think I truly believe this, and I know it's not fair to put this on this guy's shoulders, but when Alec Burke gets back, it's going to help this offense so much because it lessens what guys can't do because he can do that. So it's like you look at RJ, and he's struggling shooting, right? That's not really that much of a glaring issue when you have Burks that can just come in either alongside RJ or, you know, in substitution of RJ and alleviate some of that pain. You know, and I'm I, by no means am I saying Alec Burks is going to come in here and average 30 a game for it. No, I'm no. just saying shooting is what we seem to not be able to do that well. No. Um, so he can come in and provide some of that. Maybe uh, maybe his hot streak can get knocks really hot. Um, maybe some of that can maybe rub off on, on Richie Bullock. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think Knox is averaging 40 percent in the, in the season right now. For three. Exactly. Like, Probably really good, though. Problem is he's not getting the ball enough. And yeah, I, I wish he'd start. Honestly, I, I I'm completely with you. I don't know. Here's okay. So here's what stresses me about Tibbs. Remember how? And I I do remember me calling bullshit on it. But remember how Tibbs said guys, you know, guys will start depending on what they do in practice, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed. 
I've seen almost the same exact fucking lineup, barring injury, from the first game to this game. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, Tibbs, you're not telling me that, that someone in that starting lineup is playing that much better than Knox in practice. You're just not going to tell me that. It seems like your Chicago days, you have your guys, and you're sticking to your guys. You're going to ride us right into the ground with your guys. And to me, I figured that's what he was going to do. I watched him do it everywhere he's gone. So it's like, I don't know who he's bullshitting. Like, Randall could go 0 for 16 for the next eight games, and he would still start. Why? Because that's Tibbs' guy. He likes Randall. So it's like, don't tell me that practice is, is what deems who's going to start. Just don't do that, you know? Because I'm looking at Knox, and I'm like, the only way Knox is going to get this confidence, we saw this, Joel. We saw this when Knox wasn't getting minutes, and he was losing his confidence. And then he just didn't – like, it just didn't translate. He wasn't playing well. He wasn't really being aggressive. And we see him being aggressive now. You reward that with putting him in that starting lineup. Um, so, to me, I kind of look at it, and I'm like, Knox isn't, the, isn't a six-man guy. He's just not. He really isn't. So, it's like, what difference does it make if you take that scoring off the bench and put it in the starting lineup? Um, so, I look at that, and I'm like, you know, when Knox is, is hot, it translates it translates, sorry, offensively and defensively. Um, so I'm like, you just got to, I don't know. This team is just so frustrating. I want to say when we're fully healthy, I can get a better picture of this team, but mm-hmm. too many of our important pieces are a headache for me to think that OB, Frank, and Alec Burks and, and Reggie are, are going to make this that much better. Much better, right? Uh, no, I agree. Um I can't imagine them coming back is going to change the game for us. Um, but I think it will help because they'll have more options. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think he'll like, he, I think you can tell like the guys he likes because he plays them the most. Um, like, I think he really does like quickly and like, he'll leave them out there, but you know, he still trusts Peyton too much. <laughs> and that's because he's a vet and I get it. But like, obviously Peyton was a big issue today and, and like, and responsible for, they're, I truly believe that that like we were we only down five points in the second quarter, uh, before they completely had like a thirteen zero run on us, and destroyed us in the second quarter. I'm like, well, you couldn't like what the fuck happened? Like how like how'd that happen? And it's because yeah. when he's bad offensively, it throws off the whole team, because unless he's scoring consistently, it just throws us off, and it's it's just that's how it seems to be going right now. And I think what – all right, so I'll say this. So if Peyton had more good games than bad, I could tolerate the, the really bad games. But he's – I kind of feel like in the scheme of things last year, there were way more bad games than good games. Um, but when he had a good game, it was a damn good game. Yeah. Um, so I look at him and I'm just like – Even this year it's been like that. <laughs> when it's a real good, it's a good game. It's a real good game. hundred <laughs> percent. And I know for someone listening, they're like, "Well, isn't that all NBA players?" No, no, it's no not at all. He's not consistent. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't ever look at Donovan Mitchell and go, "Oh, he had forty today and then zero tomorrow." Like, no, no one fluctuates. No one should fluctuate like that. Um, yeah. You know, a when they're a starter. And B, when you're looking for them to either be your main facilitator, the guy to get your offense going, 
Right. Um, you know what I mean? You're this guy. You're right. your orchestrator. Like, and like could, you not if, could you picture if you're watching the Suns and like Chris Paul is the reason the Suns are losing? You know, right. no, you right. would never, you, and I'm not saying Alfred Payton is a top tier point guard. I'm just saying you don't want your headaches coming from the guy that's setting your table. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm trying to say. So, again, I'm not flipping out. I'm not freaking out. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's tank for Cade. It's too early. It's too early. And if you look at the Eastern Conference, and I want everyone that's, that's freaking out about the Knicks to keep this in mind. Uh, this is going to sound really mean but it could possibly be an advantage for us as long as it doesn't affect us personally. Uh, Mm. With the way the NBA is going, where they're forcing teams to play with eight players, forcing teams to play with nine players, um, the Eastern Conference is really shaky right now. Um, And mind you, the team that just beat us doesn't have a record that's that far off from where our record is. Mm. Um, So, you know, again, it's early. It's super early. You know, players could get better. Things can get turned around, um, which leads me to the breaking news that we got today of the massive trade. Whoa, wait, wait. Sorry, before I even get into that. Did you want to add anything else about this game? No, I think we wouldn't. I mean, I said enough. We lost it. I was going to say we lost, so there's not much to add. Um, but we got the breaking news of a massive four-team trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we saw the headliner of James Harden going to the Nets. I think James Harden going to the Nets pissed me off equally as when Stefan Diggs went to the Bills. Because um, when you look at it, you're like, the Knicks needed a star player. The Patriots needed a star receiver. How the fuck did you not make a play for any of that? To put your hand in any of that? I don't get it. Like, I'm like, the Cavaliers have so many fucking guards. You're telling me that they wouldn't have let go of one of those guards? One? The Knicks couldn't have made a play for one of those young guards? Like, I'm not even saying. Yeah. They were part of that four-team trade. Yeah, but they weren't on the table. No. Like, the Cavaliers only gave up Exum. (laughs) I I get it but remember that's all that was required like none of the teams that were part of that four-team trade needed a guard uh that badly I'm saying if you were the Knicks make it call somebody shit like too much went away in this trade that I'm like well Knicks needed that well Knicks needed that yeah I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Nets the Nets were involved they are not in the business of helping us do anything so there you go it was just, this was just, ugh. Um, I, I don't even know what to say, Joel. <laughs> I, 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 I really don't. It's one of those things to where it's like, I now understand. Let me, let me just first of all apologize to you. Mm-hmm. I now understand um, what you felt when Durant went to Golden State. Where you were just like, really, really, the team is fine without you. Like, what? Why? Why are you going there? You know, it's just it. It's a bad precedent for the NBA because if this becomes a long-term thing, because remember, Harden still needs to get a contract. If this becomes a long-term thing, I just don't like what uh, super teams does to the NBA because it forces everybody else to want to build a super team, and it's just like. No, we just got out of that. We just mm-hmm. got out of it. Yeah. 
what? And to me, that's why I'm like, I, I know there's nothing Adam Silver could do. And look, let me make this clear. My issue isn't that necessarily that he went to the Nets, although that I will be, uh, I will lose sleep over that shit. But it's more so what the idea of a super team does. Like when, when the Boston Celtics built that big three, Kobe mm-hmm. was trying to build one in LA. Chicago was trying to build one. LeBron mm-hmm. went on the bit. It was just like, no, 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 no. Because when you build super teams, because think about this, out of what, 32 teams? There's 32 teams in the NBA? 30. 30, sorry. 30 teams in the NBA. So let's say five out of those 30 teams builds a super team, mm-hmm. right? Where it's taking some of the best players out of the NBA. Mm-hmm. You're now shrinking what those small markets are able to do. And it just makes basketball unappealing to watch because you're looking at it and you're going, well, it's five teams that, you know, that are fighting for the, the championship. Outside of that, it's it's just really not really interesting to watch it. You know, like those years with Durant on Golden State, it was like, well, Golden State will be there for the West. LeBron will probably be there for the East. Why am I watching basketball? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't want to move backwards. And this trade moves the NBA backwards. Because, again, like me and you have been preaching, two guys – is what the max should be. Two guys, LeBron AD, fine. Paul George Kawhi, fine. Um, Giannis and Holiday, or Giannis and Middleton, however you want to do it, fine. But it's when you start adding that third superstar, high-tier guy, that it's like, it takes the fun out of the game. You know? Like, I don't know anybody that saw this trade and was like, yo, I can't wait to watch Kyrie, Harden, and Durant now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of people like that. Really? You yeah. Can't... You can't tell me there's not people out there. I can't wait to watch those three psychos play together. No, I mean, I- I'll say this. The media around when Durant went to Golden State was... Right. That's the same I... thing. Almost the same thing. To me, I consider it... Okay, let me say this. And let me say this. I don't, I don't want to say nobody because obviously... I'm not Charles Xavier. I don't have a pulse on on the world. But mm. from media pundits, it's not it, it like when Durant went to Golden State, they were like, "Yo, let's go, LeBron to Miami, uh, Garnett and Allen to to the Celtics." I'm not getting a sense of that from any of these media pundits about Harden coming to Brooklyn. I'm actually hearing more of these media pundits saying it won't work. Like the first thing Chris Broussard tweeted when this when this trade happened was the Nets now won't win a championship this year. Well, a lot of them are thinking, well, this might be a train wreck, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be a fun one. Now, I don't look forward to seeing this team like work, but you can't imagine like this is definitely going to be the drama house of the NBA with those three mental cases all together. Kevin Durant doesn't have very much of a spine. You know, you know, you can't take too much insults without getting upset. Uh, and then you have Kyrie, who doesn't know if he wants to play basketball anymore. Uh, and then James Harden, who may be eating himself out of the NBA. I have no idea. We'll see. And that's why <laughs> I'm very curious how it's going to work out. Well, I, I'm going to say this. I told Cannon this earlier. Harden's weight's not a problem. He definitely forced that weight to to try to make Houston say, oh, this bitch is getting fat too? Yeah, we got to get him out of here. I guarantee you, before All-Star break, Harden will be – Harden will go from Fat Thor to Chris Hemsworth. Like, trust me, like, uh, it, he'll slim down tremendously. 
Well, I hope so for him, you know, because uh, it's just sad. Like, well, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> it was it was the best way to try to force it, force himself out. Um, but no, I mean, I, I look at this. All right, so this is what I really wanted to talk about. Screw James Hart. We just had to talk about it because obviously it was a big deal. It happened. Talk about how Houston and Indiana have now gotten realistically better from this trade. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I like it. I agree. Yeah, uh, John Wall. Like the projected lineup they were saying for Houston is like John Wall, Karis Levert, um, Eric no. Gordon. Karis well, uh, Levert got traded. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, Victor Oladipo. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, PJ Tucker. I mean, Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker, and Christian Wood. Uh, I like that starting five. I really, really, I, really like that starting five. I think one healthy, I think Eric Gordon comes off the bench. I think House will probably start. Oh, yeah, sure. I have you, you want to swing that. I'm just saying, looking at Oladipo, John Wall, and Christian Wood, I like that a lot. Man, they got cousins also coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that great for them. I like that team too. I like the the, the players they got, uh bringing in all the depot on top of it all with to put to put with wood and, and, and wall. Uh and they were, they, they still have Tucker, which I wouldn't be surprised if they traded him by trade deadline either. But we'll see. Oh, they saw their looking to to try to get a, a guy like that, depending on what Houston's selling uh right. selling price is for him. Right, I mean, there's a market for him for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I do like, I like them. I think that they look good. I don't know, they're not. I'm not going to say championship team, but they're going to they definitely have a potential decent playoff team if everyone's healthy and plays up to par. Right. Um, and then the Pacers trading Oladipo for Lavert. Lavert's ready to explode, so I'm, I'm excited for them because I think Lavert's a really good player. Uh, now they've just got themselves a nice young shooting guard for a foreseeable future. Yeah, and that's why it was a win-win for Indiana. It was mm-hmm. your way of telling Victor that, you know, this was it, and replacing it with a player you don't have to worry about a contract. Um, right. You know, so it was a win-win for them. And I do believe, and I know I know you're going to say, Jawan, believe that. Why would you give up a uh, <laughs> Our Dallas first, but I do believe um, long term, Karis Levert will end up being a, a better player than Victor Oladipo. Um, so if you're Pacers, it was just like I mean that's just something you couldn't have turned down. Um, and I'm happy for him because I can tell you this now: outside of maybe Brogdon, maybe he should not have to worry about getting the uh, the bulk share of touches uh, in Indiana. Like that just shouldn't be a worry uh, for him. And mm-hmm. If you're Houston, the the reason Oladipo helps you again, Oladipo is is going to become a free agent unless uh, Houston just throws all that money at him that they were going to throw at Harden. Um, right. If you're Victor, right, no, right. But if you're Victor Oladipo, the reason why Houston's a great spot for him is again another place where he doesn't have to worry about bulk share of touches because the likelihood of John Wall being healthy. 82 games for the next what five years is slim to none he'll miss games which will give Oladipo the bulk share of running that offense um and I don't mean that like John Wall will suffer like anything crazy I just mean you know they'll rest them a lot um they won't want to run them into the ground so Oladipo you'll have your chance to shine in Houston you know and decide whether or not you want to stay there I hope you don't I hope you hit the 
the uh, the open market. There's a lot of better places out there. Um, yep. He'll have his chance to choose. Oh, 100%. And that's what I want for him. Um, and Karis LeVert will thrive. Will thrive. I mean, there's still some question marks in Indiana uh, with, with Turner um, and, and a few other guys to sure up that team. Um, so I'm curious to see what they do. Again, not cheering for them because uh, I'll never forgive that franchise for Reggie Miller. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I do want to see good things for Karis LeVert. Um, yeah. Great kid, amazing, you know, amazing ability to score the basketball. Um, and I'm glad he's out of the shadow of Brooklyn for him to be able to emerge into yeah. a, a future. I think he has potential to be a future all-star. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, yeah. truly do. And he wouldn't have ever seen the light of that day staying in Brooklyn. So yeah. I saw him get traded. I was like, "Look, now I can I can cheer you for you." <laughs> That's so the you, would still, uh, you would still cheer for him in in Indiana? Over, yeah, yeah. I still that like especially over Brooklyn because in Brooklyn they're so close. I can't cheer for like anything over there. Uh, but Indiana, at least they're just I can I hate the team and still like a player or two. I'm with you on that. Yeah, like, <laughs> I won't be cheering for him when he's playing us. Right, <laughs> obviously, right. But I will tell you this now. I I didn't have any interest before, but I'll be watching a lot of Pacer games um, going forward. Like when they come on national TV, um, instead of going like, oh, I have no interest, I'll I'll definitely be popping my head in uh, to watch some of those games. Hopefully they get more televised games. They don't really have a lot this year. They really um, don't. So hopefully, you know, they make it count when they do, so they force the NBA to give them some more. Um, word, word, but word. I can see Karis LeVert having 40, 40 to 50 point game uh, this this season. I, I could see it. I could really see it in an Indiana Pacers jersey, him just going bananas. Um, but that's really all the biggest news out of the NBA. Um, I wouldn't expect any more big trades until closer to the trade deadline. Um, this was more so of a um, needed to happen now rather than later. Um, right. that's the only reason why this happened with the quick. So NBA fans out there, don't worry. This won't be an avalanche of trades to, to come, but, um, this will incentivize more guys that are maybe on a one-year deal that aren't happy where they are to tell their agents like, Hey, don't, don't make any, any big deal right now, but give me the fuck out of here before, <laughs> before yeah. the trade deadline's over. So I'll lie. you Zach Levine's, um, you know, guys like that. I, I still, I'm still putting it out there. I'm not even saying it has anything to do with the Knicks, but I'm still putting it out there. Carl Anthony Towns will not finish his career as, as a, um, Timberwolf. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> um, now whether not it's this year yet. or next year, it's just mm-hmm. that team is in a direction to where it's like, I don't know if they're ever going to cater to the win now that Carl Anthony Towns is probably wanting uh you bring yeah. in russell and then benching him was weird i was just like all right you yeah have to make i mean weird decisions that was weird though they've they've since then put him back in the lineup <laughs> right it was weird to even take him out to yeah <laughs> to begin with like why like, why yeah <laughs> like, um you went through all that to get him here and then you're like well, 
bench you. Maybe he comes off the bench as a six man. No, motherfucker. Like, no. You trade the first round pick for a six man. Exactly. <laughs> you trade in for a starter. Like, what is wrong with you guys? So if I'm Cat, I'm looking at this Harden situation, Depot situation, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to get out of here. And I'll tell you this, Orlando, if you don't make a deep playoff run, you are in jeopardy of Aaron or Vucevic asking out, wanting out. You do have a history of losing your big men. I do not believe this decade will be any different. One of those guys will be gone. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's inevitable. Like, yes, and I think you'll agree with me. It's a bit of a redundancy to have both of those guys. Sorta. They play differently though. It's like they, they they do. They don't really get in each other's way. They do play differently, but let me let me explain what I mean by redundancy. I do believe that with both of those guys playing as well as they are right now, you need more you need more from different positions. So one of them has to go. That's what I mean by that. So like if if you trade Aaron Gordon, I do not believe that team takes a huge step back depending on what you get. Uh, if you trade Vucevic, I do not believe – like, I, I, I think whichever guy you keep can carry the load. Like, it won't be a huge drop-off losing either one of them. Um, losing both, that'll fucking cripple your franchise, especially with Fultz being out. That franchise is dead. Um, <laughs> but giving up one of those guys I think will do well for your, uh, your franchise because you can sure up positions that you need, um, which point guard, glaring, you need it. <laughs> like that that's going down. Yeah. And you know, no one will know what, what it'll look like uh when he comes back. So it's like you do need oh. a point guard of the future and then you can just work him off ball. Yeah, um, unless Paul Anthony is that guy, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. And I'm not putting any pressure on him. He's a rookie, you know, we'll 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 see what he turns out. Uh he was not uh graded that high coming out of college. There were a lot of inconsistencies in his game. Uh, that made a lot of people go, eh, I don't know. Um, so, you know, again, no pressure on him. First year, super young. Let, let, let's see what he's able to do. Um, but I, I do look at this to where I'm like, Orlando is definitely a team that should be feeling out things um, if they're not able to make a deep playoff run. Or one of those guys should definitely make a phone call and say, hey, get me the hell out of here. Um, but that's all I have for NBA. Did you have anything else for NBA? No, it's uh, I, I I sort of shut shut down when the Knicks go on losing streaks. So it's like I'm, I'm half in, half out. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely with you. Uh, let's move to wild card, wacky wild card weekend for the NFL. Um, Bills Whack. won, Browns won, Ravens won. Cannon was heated, but Ravens won. No. <laughs> um, Buccaneers won and Rams won. Which one of those winners stood out to you the most? Mm, I think the. Hmm, I would say, I guess what happened was I was kind of shocked by how how that Steelers game started. <laughs> uh, it actually became a close game at the end, but I was completely shocked that they were down twenty eight points in the first quarter. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that coming. Um, I was wasn't expecting the Saints to come out and shut down the Bears as well as they did. Good job for them. I do like the Ravens. I kind of had a feeling they'd come out on top. 
that Washington Buccaneers game was way closer than I expected. Um, now I feel really upset that we didn't make it to the file card because I think we could have took them. God damn it. Um, 100% you could have. Are you serious? 100%. You, you did it before. Yeah. We had, <laughs> just, it was it was right there, man. So um, Rams, Seahawks, uh, seemed like they were playing behind the whole game. A little shocked by it, but it is what it is. And then the, and that built Colts game was also really close, but – I had I was hoping the Bills would pull it out and they did. Yeah, no, I, I, I wish no good on, on the fucking Bills. Um Phillip Rivers was Phillip Rivering uh multiple times in that game to where I <laughs> God damn it, Phillip. Like what that's the first win. This is the first playoff win by the for the Bills since nineteen ninety five, bro. I was hoping to extend that as long as possible. That's insane. I really was. You know what's you, crazy? Franchises what? that were super garbage as we were growing up are, like, really starting to come into their own. Like, the fact that the Cavaliers won an NBA championship. Crazy. Mm-hmm. The fact that the Browns are really competitive. I, I don't think they'll, they'll be a Super Bowl-caliber team. Well, but they're that's another competitive. one. That was their Cal- first playoff win since 1994. That I love. <laughs> 90s that are back. part of. But I will crazy. say, I will say the Steelers losing that game didn't shock me because the Steelers reminded me of New England last year. Remember how New England was playing really sucky ass teams and they were mm-hmm. putting up these high defensive stats, and then when they played mm-hmm. the Chiefs, looked bad. They played the Ravens, looked bad. Played the Titans, looked bad, and then we lost in a wild card round. But mm-hmm. remember, New England was undefeated for like eight weeks, and then they just went downhill, right? Yeah. I look at the Steelers and I was I was watching like maybe I think I saw maybe eight of their games this year. Um and I'm like I'm watching them and I'm like this team can be had. Yeah, they're beatable. They're beatable. <laughs> like <laughs> like I looked at them the same way I looked at New England after a while and I was just like mm, yeah, somebody's going to probably whoop our ass and pretty thoroughly. Um and I mean that's that's ultimately what happened. I will say what shocked me the most was when the Browns got the lead, how they were consistently able to keep it. Right. Um, now, because I saw a game of Big Ben, I think this was in the playoffs, could have been regular season, against the Jaguars the year they were really, really, really good. And the Jaguars got off to a 21-point lead, and then out of nowhere, Big Ben is, like, throwing touchdowns like it's a fucking uh, ring toss. Like, he was just – Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Yeah. And they came really close. They ended up losing that game uh, by an inch. But, you know, same thing in the Browns game. They, he, he brought them right to the precipice, and then the defense couldn't make any stops. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if this is it for Big Ben. I don't know if this is it for, uh, for Phillip Rivers. Uh, if it is, those are two Hall of Fame players, you know. They have no reason to, you know, hold their heads down, you know, uh, you know, have their heads down. It didn't end the way that you wanted, but honestly, I'm going to be completely honest with you. All those interceptions that Ben had were like typical Big Ben interceptions. Like, you just got to be smarter than that. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, didn't they have a guy named James Conner that, you know, they were raving about when Le'Veon Bell uh, won it out of Pittsburgh? Yeah. Like, ah, who cares about Le'Veon Bell? We got our next running back. Where was he, Joel? It was very quiet. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so maybe maybe the Steelers should, you know, think harder next time 
when they lose transcendent talents like Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and maybe eat a little bit more crow because, you know, you're not that good without him. Juju didn't step up the way that he should have. So, you know, try to keep transcendent talent when you can. Um, the Titans game, you said you said uh you said you saw the Ravens winning, right? I wanted the the Ravens win. Oh, yeah. you wanted the Ravens win. I didn't see it coming. I didn't think anyone could stop Derrick Henry like that. Um mm. it was shocking to see. I told Kanan, um, I kept trying to remind him the year Seattle went to the Super Bowl with Sean Alexander. They went on Sean Alexander's back. And I'm like, Derrick Henry, the Titans have a team catered kind of just like that Seattle team did. Their defense wasn't transcendently great. Um, Mm -hmm. They were giving up points. Remember, they were within a botched field goal of Romo taking that Cowboys pass that Seattle team. So I'm like, they weren't all that great. It was just their running game was so good, you know, and their play action was so good that it was just like, well, you know, it's hard to get past that. Titans had that formula. The, the defense was – I just didn't expect their defense being as bad as they were um, in that game specifically. Um, Lamar Jackson was running all over them, all over them. Um, so, yeah, that shocked me a little bit. The Washington game, I wanted more. I love that kid. I don't know. I didn't even know New England had that kid and let him go. I'm like, God damn, I love that kid. I could have used him this year instead of Cam Newton. I could have used that kid. Um, he's got heart, man. I love how like the the backup was like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna get some like meaningful minutes, and then like he comes running out and he's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like, no, 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 sit down, kid. No, 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 you'll get no snaps today. Um, let me ask you this before we move out of football. If Alex Smith plays, do you think the result is any different? No. Okay. No problem. Um, all right. Uh, I don't think we need to go over who we think will win this weekend. We can do that next week when we break down who actually did win. I don't think me or you really care that much about left of football. Yeah, there's only what four games, like it's what divisional round now. So it's yeah. like, uh, I don't really care. Yeah, I, I've lost once the Giants didn't get in. I kind of care. I don't care who makes it. I won't care again until like the Super Bowl. <laughs> and yeah. even then, I probably won't care either. I guess whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I, who, who hasn't won it the most recent? That's how I'll probably cheer for whoever won it in the longest. <laughs> well, my mindset is just as long as Tampa Bay doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, that's all I care about. <laughs> I yeah, old man battle this weekend. Tampa, fucking uh, Tom Brady versus uh, yep, the AARP Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that should be fun. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get the best uh, of the AARP. Uh, yeah, so my mindset is just as long as Brady doesn't make it to um to Tampa in February. Super Bowl, you're good. All right, that's fine with me too. I don't care if he does or he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you personally are probably like, if he never wins another, you'll, you'll be 100% okay with <laughs> Yeah, I'm fine. That's whatever. If he ever does or he doesn't, man. I'm more franchise. It's a franchise thing for me. As long as the Patriots don't ever win again, I'm happy. Yeah, all right, well, we're going to move past that. Uh, all right, <laughs> let's tackle a few Marvel and DC things so we can get out of here. Um, were you serious? I saw you said it on Twitter. You were you were asking about Kevin Feige's hat. You know who that is on his hat, right? No, that's what I was asking. Oh, I thought you were joking. I'm so sorry. That's Moon Knight. That's what it looked like, but the other yeah. half is not Moon Knight. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's um, all right, so you know the white half of it that looks like yeah. the Moon Knight? Yes. The red half is is supposed to is supposed to show the 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 crazier side. What? 
Yeah. So, uh, so what they're saying is it, it's, it's a very early design of, of where they're, where they're taking the story of Moon Knight, but it's supposed to show the, how, uh, the, uh, the idea of Moon Knight being the hero. And then the red side is supposed to be how bloody he's willing to get. So like, that's just the early design of like what, where Moon Knight is. Remember how like the blade hat gave us nothing, but just the words blade. And it's like, Oh, well, that's it. Um, this is like one of those earlier, um, or more recent concepts of where they're taking Moon Knight. So he just had a hat of it, but it's Moon Knight. How do you know? Uh, someone, someone had said that uh, Feige at some point was asked, like obviously not during an interview, but asked like uh, off record, like, like what the fuck hat? is that hat? And, <laughs> it's, it's Moon Knight. Um, now again, if it comes out and it's like, oh, it was Assassin's Creed, then you know, fuck me. Um, caught me it, off guard. I'm like, it's like two the two halves caught me off. I'm like, it looked like Moon Knight on one side, but I didn't know what the other side was. Yeah, so I, I I'm going Moon Knight, but I'm also uh, etching out there that I, it could be completely wrong. So, mm. um, oh wow, that that's a really interesting article from New York Times. Twitter's a weird place. Anyway, um, mm. all right, so break down to me what what you took away from Feige's uh Feige's big interview um with with Brandon and obviously a whole bunch of other people, but. Uh, his interview over this uh, last few days. His, his interviews? I did see the Collider one where they asked him about Daredevil and all that. that I actually cool. didn't I didn't see any of them. I just read about them from, you know, uh, us posting on Twitter. Uh, yeah, a lot of those quotes. But I, when, uh, when someone was commenting on his face during the Daredevil question, so I'm like, I have to watch it. So I went and I watched it. It's like a nine-minute interview, but um, it was pretty funny, like his reaction to certain things. But um, there were good interviews, good quotes. We got some good information. He gave, he exposed some things and didn't divulge on others. Um, I liked his reaction to the Daredevil question because he, he didn't really confirm nor deny, of course. But when he wanted to deny something, he would say no. Like when they asked him about are they casting Wolverine, <laughs> he said no, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> they haven't done. They're not there yet. Uh, and he was very upfront about the Deadpool being rated R and Ryan being involved in the script, you know, currently being written. Um, what? No, I, I was going to say, um, what what stands out to me, and, and I, this isn't me bringing this up, obviously a billion people brought this up, but Feige did say, you know, he couldn't see the Guardians interacting with the Avengers, only for the Guardians to interact with the Avengers. But I do want people to keep this in mind. Don't get too um, don't get too invested in the idea of seeing these actors return only because realistically, all of these actors have moved on to do other other projects because seemingly to them, their time as these characters were over. Now, could you get Mike Coulter back? Absolutely. Could you get Charlie back? Absolutely. John Bernthal? Absolutely. Finn Jones? Absolutely. It's the other characters that, um, you know, you could possibly see some sort of recasting with some of them. Um, but again, who knows? But I'm just saying, I've also learned this about Feige. He has no qualms with recasting. None whatsoever. Not a nair goddamn one. Um, so I mean the idea of seeing Daredevil soon, 
could be, and it could be Charlie Cox. But I don't want anyone to go, oh, Charlie's back. Let's get it. You know, that means Punisher, John Bernthal's coming back, and Coulter's loop. That doesn't necessarily mean that. But I will say a a positive sign will be if Kristen is Jessica Jones in She-Hulk and Charlie Cox is Daredevil in Spider-Man, I mean, you know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So it could be. I'm just saying for the fans out there that will rage if, you know, everything doesn't fall the way that they want it to. Just don't get too invested. You know, let's just wait and see. Let's let's see if some of this stuff starts to meticulate. Uh, and if it does, you know, rejoice. But if it doesn't, at least you didn't invest your heart and soul into the idea that it will only to be heartbroken. Yeah, 100%. But the, the possibilities out there and it looks way better than it did a couple months ago. And that makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I cannot argue with that. I'd say a few months ago, we were looking at it like, nah. Oh, yeah, there was definitely people like shitting on our dreams all all in oh, there. Like, yeah, they're done. They're never coming back. It was like, just oh, like, oh, I've, oh. to me, I'll never understand how people take joy in just like stepping. Like I saw it all throughout CK2K when uh, he does the live stream for Wednesday Night Knicks. And I'm watching like, you know, his heart is like, you know, if the Knicks, you know, if this losing becomes more of a habit, and the Knicks look, you know, forward to possibly tanking down, you know, down the line. Um, you know, it's like tank for Kane. People are like, oh, no, the Knicks will never get a number one overall pick ever. And it's like, why? Why? Like, come on. We know this. We know we probably will never get a number one pick. But we can hope, God damn it. Like, why, why can't we hope? Why you got to rob us of that? As long as we're in the, in the hunt, we should be able to have a chance. You know? That's what I'm saying. So it's like if Kevin Feige is not definitively telling you, no, they're not coming back. We got a chance. Why you got to jump in here and go? Oh no, it'll never happen. I'm like let us let us live, man. Right. Um. So I mean, I'm really excited for that. Did you see the leaked uh uh Let There Be Carnage trailer coming for the Super Bowl? No, I did not. Yeah, there was apparently um uh leaked like uh it was leaked uh from someone over. I saw that, but I didn't like actually watch. It. I know there was something that got leaked. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want you to think it's it's any footage. So I'm not spoiling anything. It's no footage. It's legit. Just Venom. And then it says, let there be carnage. Um, mm-hmm. And it says, official trailer dropping um, on, on Super Bowl Sunday at, at, at halftime. Um, right. And then it showed that it's going to be rated R. So, like, that's all it was. It was, it was nothing more than that. Um, uh, that would be cool. If Sony makes this rated R, I'll be very proud of them. Mm-hmm. Um. If we do get a full trailer, I'll be very proud of them. Um, and that's really all I have to add. I mean, I know people want us to speculate about Spider-Man and shit like that. I don't have the energy for that. Um, I'm just more so worried about this being a better movie than the last time I saw Venom. Yeah. No, I didn't even hate that one. So, yeah. I, just... I didn't either. I just need it to be better. Don't give me that same quality. <laughs> it has yeah. to be better. Elevate now. Yeah. You can do better than do better. Don't don't, don't coast um so yeah and i enjoyed tom hardy's venom so i wouldn't i can't wait to see him again and see what this carnage is like and all this extra bullshit and uh we got news that morbius got moved to so it's no longer coming out in march it's coming out in october i will <sighs> say i i get i get let me make sure i'm i'm clear about this i i, I get, get 
But the fan <laughs> part of me has no idea why Sony thinks that movie is that big that it's like it has to be released in theaters. It's like I honestly do think if you release it, um, you know, in some form of a streaming uh, a streaming platform, yeah. it's massive reviews. <laughs> You can re-release it in theaters, and the people that didn't see it when it when it was streamed, you know, will hear the good, the good reviews about it, and maybe want to go out and see it when theaters open up again. So I'm right. like, if anybody, this would benefit you if you're Sony. I, I don't know why you would sit on this, um, but you know, who who knows? Maybe this is maybe it does have ties to a lot of the stuff that's going on with um, Spider-Man as far as Spider-Man Three. So they're kind of like. We want that whole experience. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, if I was if I was in charge at Sony, I would go. Why are we sitting on this? I, I'm confused. Right. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I'm open to whatever. Um. We'll see. That's really all I can say. No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I look at it like this: If Wonder Woman 80, 1984 came out on streaming, I don't know why. Uh, not Carnage. I'm sorry. Why? Um. Shit! Why did I just forget the name of the movie? Um, no, uh, Morbius. I don't know why Morbius is like. Nah, we can't do that. Yeah, really. Uh, nah, we have limits and stops with the, the living vampire. We don't go there. Right? Yeah, like we, you know, we consider ourselves better than the people over at Warner Brothers that are making movies that aren't great but are still garnishing billions of dollars. Yeah. You know, Did you see that quote? All of that. See what? Did you see the quote from that lady? What's her name? Amy Pascal? No. Oh, but I love me some Amy. Warner Brothers. You love you some Amy? I really do. Amy, Because Amy, Amy will spoil some shit. Because she just gets so excited. So I, I was always looking forward to when Amy would talk. Like, yep, she's going to spoil some shit. What? What else, Amy? <laughs> oh, 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 Spider-Man will be in the MCU? Oh, they'll be connected? All right. Keep spoiling shit, Amy. Love it. Uh, we are. That was the the funniest thing. Yeah, it's in the same. No, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Feige's sitting there and he's like, um, no. <laughs> he's, sitting there, he's sitting there like when Ben, like when Ben zoned out when Henry was talking about BPS. It yeah. was just like, no, no yeah, I like not that. at all. <laughs> I'm but not I, in it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I have no idea what the hell she's talking about, but just know it's no to everything she just said. Um, but no, what were you talking about from Warner Brothers? What did they say? I'm, I'm trying to see who with all oh, this lady. Uh, Anne Sarnoff, the CEO. Okay. That confirms that DC Universe is all connected. What does that mean? That's such a general statement. That's a very general statement. Does she know how large the DC Universe is? Right or yeah, what what's connected? The which DC universe is connected? <laughs> like all of them can. That's what I'm very confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, and that's that's what stresses me about people that are are more so corporate and less so just fans of it, because it's like when you say that, it's like I don't think she knows Flash the show is DC universe. Swamp. Uh, let, let's not say Swamp Thing. Um, Star Girl, um, Doom Patrol is is DC. All part of the multiverse. Is that what right. you mean? I'm like, you can't say that because me and Joel are sick and tired of putting out fires that Warner Brothers continues to start. So when you say that, and then Joel has to go in the comment section and tell mm -hmm. people 
don't get your hopes up that Grant Gustin will pop up in Titans, or don't get your hopes up that Doom Patrol will be in the um the uh um Justice League Dark uh show. You know, like when you when you do that, it makes people begin to start to grasp at the largest of straws, and it's like, oh, now we have to deal with that when someone comes out and clarifies and it's like, no, no, nothing she said was no, no, nothing's connected. Yeah, and what is that? Like, oh, well, That's you know. my issue with what she said. It's like, what? Can, like, what? Like, I, I hear what she's saying. Like, let me see if I get her quote. Because that still doesn't help. But, you know, I get what she's saying, but I don't know if she understands what she's saying. Um, she does. Everything's connected now. We're building a DC Universe plan that's much more centrally connected but individually executed i think it's really upstream in the planning that it all needs to come together so people can feel pride of their efforts hmm confuse uh, me even more right so if it's all connected what does that mean for the batman and if it's we're talking just movies you know what i'm saying is that yeah. not connected is that that wasn't connected no what are you saying Here's, here's the problem, and we said this before, and even though I told you I don't think DC needs to subscribe to this method, uh, they could just do it literally a movie at a time mm-hmm. uh, and just have your director speak about the movie, you know, the movie that's coming out. Don't speak past that. Here's what's coming out, boom. Here's what's coming out, boom. Um, but just one person needs to be the, the only person that's speaking about the DC universe. Just one. Just one. You know, because it's like mm-hmm. when she says that, and then Hamada just said what he said. It's like, well, they, they've said similar things, I guess, right? But even though he he's saying, yeah, we're gonna do this two Batman thing, but then he says, you know, the the Flash movie is gonna connect everything. And what, what do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> See, okay, so all right, so this is this is what it always trickled down for me. So when he says the Flash movie will connect it to. I think what he means is Flash is the connective tissue between the Batman in this current D- uh, in this Earth, and then mm-hmm. he's the connective tissue to the Batman on the other Earth. Not necessarily that this Batman is connected to that Batman. It's more <laughs> so like Flash can interact with that Batman over there and maybe bring some heroes with him over there. But we won't necessarily see Robert Pattinson as the Batman mm-hmm. for this Justice League continuity that they're building back up. That's what I. That's what I took it as. That's what yeah, I. Took as long as they don't be fucking around with bringing forth back and forth superheroes, I'm cool. Like I completely agree with you, but that's why I said I don't like that they won't just commit to calling Robert Pattinson's Batman an Elseworld universe where you're building on something that will never connect to your current DC universe on this current Earth. Don't even say it's different Earth. Just say Matt Reeves wanted to create an all-Gotham universe over there, so we're letting them play around in that playground over there. Meanwhile, we're going to give you guys Old Man Bruce that leads to to Terry McGinnis, and that will be the Batman of this Justice League universe, and that's what we're doing. Just commit. That's my problem. I don't like this teetering shit. Oh, we're going to see how it plays out. Don't do that. You casted a Batman right after Ben stepped down. So to the world, in our minds, that was the replacement. 
And for yeah. you to tell us, no, not really. You know, there's going to be multiple replacements. That's stupid. That's so stupid. I yeah. hate it. I hate everything about it. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, just commit. Just say this is an Elseworld where he's building a whole Batman universe that's Elseworld. It'll expand, but it has nothing to do with what we're doing over here. Because mm-hmm. then at least I can say, you know what? I appreciate these Matt Reeves movies for what they are, um, this universe for what it is, but it's something I don't put my all into because it doesn't really go anywhere, you know? So right. to me, it, it, it's like, just commit and tell us that. But I feel like in their mind, they're like, well, what if what if Michael Keaton one day doesn't want to do it and we need to bring Robert Pattinson over? And to me, it's like, bitch, just commit. Call Robert one day and say, hey, do you want to be our Batman for the next 15 years? No? Great. All right. We'll move on. Castle one super young to be Tara McGinnis, and he's our future. That's it. That's really all you have to do. I don't know why they're making this so difficult, Joe. You're talking like they haven't figured this out. They just haven't told us what they're doing yet. Fair. Very fair. Very fair. I completely agree with you. But as long as you're telling me that there's a connective tissue between a Batman that's on another Earth and a Batman you have on this continuity, I will always tell you that you do not have anything figured out because that is a no-no and should not happen. (laughs) No, but they've walked into that and now they've created this whole thing that we have to figure out. We don't know yet, but we will what the plan is. And that's what it is. Right now we're just speculating. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it just, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, part of me. No, I, and I get the frustration because it kind of sounds like a fucking mess. I hate having to explain the DC Universe and it sounds like a mess. <laughs> it's right. It sounds like. Because you're, you're just doing things like, I, and we're going to move on from here because I, I don't want to go too long. Uh, I want to let you get to sleep. But to me, it's like a soft reboot to people means you're getting rid of certain actors or characters. No, a soft reboot could just be what you saw previous does not exist. It starts at the solo movies only. Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 84, Aquaman, Man of Steel. That's it. Suicide Squad, get it out of your mind. Justice League, get it out of your mind. BVS, get it out of your mind. That's a soft reboot. And then you're just telling people those solo movies are what's continuity Nothing that has team up is. So then people can go, all right, well, Suicide Squad, in my mind, you're starting fresh. This is a this is uh our first time seeing Harley Quinn. You know, Birds of Prey still exists, so that still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but the original Suicide Squad doesn't, BVS doesn't, and Justice League doesn't. And all you're doing now is giving us a Batman as a replacement to Ben. It could be younger because it's a soft reboot. It could be younger, make them younger. I don't give a shit. Make them younger. Explain it, put it in there, build up your Justice League with solo movies, and then give us a culmination that turns into a Justice League movie. But the way you're doing this now where you're introducing a multiverse when you haven't even you haven't even eaten what's on your plate first and you're like, I want that cake and ice cream over there. It's like, what? no, that's not how this process goes. You're just you're, you're, you're spinning webs that at some point you'll be all tangled up in. And now you're looking for your fan base to get you out of it. I'm telling you now, as your fan base, get out of it now. Get out of it now. And like you said, we don't know what's going on. So that's the only op- you know, uh, optimism that I have is that 
maybe they do know what they're doing. Right. But I will forever feel as though a multiverse, <laughs> other worlds in your movie, uh, in your movie universe is a mistake that once you start, you cannot fix. Remember this, Warner Brothers. Once this Flash movie comes out, that you're apparently uh, cultivating the, the, you know, the premise of Flashpoint, you can't do that shit twice. So just yeah. saying, this has to count. This has a, <laughs> this is for all the marbles. You know what I'm saying? This is for. That's why I was I, I was telling, I was telling um, Patrick in in um, Angel that I, I could never see Feige adapting house of m like that story legit only because it ends the same way infinity war ended you can't do that you can't go to that well again you just can't because the premise is too similar house right. of m she literally does her version of the snap heroes disappear it's a story about going back in time and all this crazy stuff to bring them back we just <laughs> you no. can't do that story over again that's why I say it's best to slowly and smallly adapt some of it in this series, you know, so we get a little taste of it, you know, just, like the most important thing of House of M, I'm sorry, I don't care what any other hardcore comic book fan says, the most important part of that is saying no more mutants. Like there is really nothing else that is that is that pinnacle of that arc, but that, that moment, her saying that and then gone. Um, so to me, reversing it and saying mutants and bringing them into the fold um, is how you can loosely uh, adapt it the same way that the end of um, Homecoming loosely adapted Civil War. The whole putting Peter in front of the press in that new suit. Guess what, guys? That's fucking Civil War. <laughs> but it wasn't in Civil War. So I'm like, they've done loose adaptations where they take small bits and pieces and, right. and, and, and sprinkle it everywhere. So I'm like, yeah, you know, once you do that, you can't do it again. So once you do Flashpoint, that's it. There is no rewriting this, this universe after that. That's it. You, you, you shot your load, you know? So I don't know, man. I just, I always want what's best for them. And sometimes I really feel like they don't. <laughs> They're trying too hard to do everybody. It's not work. You just got to stick to something and go. You know, and like, you know, bringing Batman back, I get it, but you fucked up your whole timeline trying to placate one character. And it's just like, it's, it's just it's so annoying. It's so it annoying. Just, it really would have been easier if when, and that's why I said it really bothered me. Me and you talked about this a while ago when they brought in Matt Reeves and we started hearing murmurs that, you know, he wants, he wants self-contained. And it was like, Oh no, no, Matt Reeves. We were looking for Ben's replacement. You can't have self-contained. We right. need to replace Ben. Like that was the whole premise of the recast, you know? Because if not, then just give Matt Reeves one movie and, and call it Elseworld like they did the Joker. Give him right. one movie to give us all the spectacular, all the fun, all the grit, and then that's it. Let him walk away. Um, but to let him build a universe outside of you building your universe will always be insane to me it's 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 fucking it's lunacy it really is um but a few more things we obviously saw that uh black mass would be one of the big bads of this season of uh, batwoman i love it i fucking love it i will say this again for all the people that hate on cw i love what they did with hush 
is it as is it as accurate as I would have wanted our first um, interaction of a live action Hush? No, but did they do an amazing job for what they have? Absolutely, I loved it. I loved it. You had the two iconic guns. He had the he had the trench coat. Um, the face was bandaged all the way up. The actor did a great job portraying emotion through the bandages. I loved it. You know, it really makes me think they'll do a good job with Black Mask. I would just ask that you take a swerve from what Ewan did and you do more accurate Black Mask is, is all I would ask. That's mm-hmm. Fine with that. We'll see how they do it. Yeah. Um, hopefully I get to talk to Javicia this Friday. That would be great. Um, talk. A, I, I definitely want to ask a little bit more about could we see a grayer suit? Just playing playing out. Will we see? Will we see another suit from what they've been um, promoting on, on posters and stuff? Will you get another suit this season? Uh, I know she won't give a straight answer, but me and you, we we swung for the fences when we did that Titans uh, roundtable, and we got more than we thought we would. Mm. Um, I'll never forget making Tegan really uncomfortable when I'm like, "Will we ever hear Azeroth Metreon Zenthos?" And she's like. Uh, someone tapped me out. Like, <laughs> like I, 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 I don't know what to say. Um, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we get, but is there any other geek news you want to talk about? I mean, there's other stuff, but we can definitely wait till next week. Um, not really. I mean, nothing pressing. Uh, think but, of. I mean, that I can think of is what I'm saying. I will say the biggest thing that stood out to me is Star Wars definitely going in a different direction for their video gaming. Um, I was not a fan of Battlefront, but I know me and you did like Fallen Order. Yeah, um, that was great. It was a step in the right direction for them. But the biggest news of 2021 so far, an open world Star Wars game. Joel, you know this. I mm-hmm. talked about this at nauseum. I wanted a Red Dead Redemption um, smuggler or uh, God, what bounty, hunter. bounty hunter type storyline. And I said this a while ago. I wanted that form where either you can play as Cad Bane in an open world or create your own character and you can control their destiny, whether they're a good guy or a bad guy. Um, you know, Is it I, open world or open worlds? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that's that to me. I look at it like this you know, how in Grand Theft Auto you can go, or, or Red Dead Redemption more so, how you mm-hmm. can go over to another town and another mm-hmm. town and another town. Yeah. Just have it to be to where going to another town is, is um, like going to another planet. So right. you're on one planet and you can only roam a, a certain amount of it, and then you can go to another planet and another planet and another planet. Um, but picture how you know how you could customize your horse in Red Dead. Mm-hmm. You're fucking customizing your own ship. That's gonna be insane. That mm-hmm. game will be one of. I'm gonna call it. If if this game is anywhere near like like the way I'm pitching it, this game will will rival the latest God of War. It will rival um, and it'll rival the the latest Grand Theft Auto. I'm calling it now. Because there is not one human being on this planet that when that game drops, won't want to play it. The idea that you can work Star Wars like you do Grand Theft Auto, that's a moneymaker, man. The only thing that would make that game better is if you could be an open world Jedi or Sith. 
Like if you're a Sith, you can literally just go around causing chaos. Right. Like th- that's the only thing that would make that game in any better. You know, so to me, I look at it and I say, and I'll even add this, if Star Wars was smart, they would piggyback off of what their biggest success is right now, which is the Mandalorian. Having mm-hmm. an open world about about uh about Din. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could be leading up. It could be the events before we see season one, like a lot of his journey leading up to becoming the uh, the feared bounty hunter that that he was. Um, and then it'll venture you into the seasons that we're in now. So, like, once you, you know, uh, once you get to a certain part, your big mission now will be you have to go rest. You know, you have to go uh, receive this package that turns out to be Grogu and then so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So to me, that's what you do if you're Star Wars. That's that's the smartest thing to do, and I guarantee you, it'll make two billion dollars. I I promise you. I promise you. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. If you had anything to add, but outside of that, that's all I got. No, I think you said everything uh, you was thinking. Yeah, I hope I hope they go that route, man. I, I really, 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 truly do. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Jonas who. Um, just watch all of the Star Wars movies. Wow. Um, how that's not been something this child has done beforehand. I'll <laughs> but wow. he did, and I'll say the, the shock <laughs> is he ranked The Last Jedi as the greatest Star Wars movie to date. Wow. Good for him. I that's ballsy. That's really ballsy. But I will say, because um, I don't know this for a fact, so I would love to have this conversation with him. Um, I usually find that people that rank The Last Jedi that high um, aren't the, the biggest of Star Wars fans. So wow. the hurt... No, 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 no. I don't mean that as a slight. I'm saying the uh, hurt that people feel... Uh, <laughs> Wait, say it again? I, I take that as an insult. Well, let me, let me say why I, I don't mean it as an insult. The hurt that a lot of people felt in The Last Jedi is the hurt of what their expectations of Luke were that were never met. But if you're a casual Star Wars fan, your obsession of, like, you don't really know of what Luke did between the the original three and then when you saw him in this. So to you, it didn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you didn't feel that hurt. You didn't feel that, God damn it, why'd you waste Luke Skywalker? It was more so like, oh, it's just a beautiful story that's flowing. You know, so I'm like, I, if, if someone says they loved it and then they were like, you know, they're not that deep into Star Wars, I would go, oh, OK, no problem. I completely understand. But people that are really deep into it, I felt were the ones that were bothered the most because they've read these books and they had this expectation of what Luke should be. And then he wasn't. <laughs> and then it was just like, you motherfuckers, like, why would you do that? Um you know, to me, the Ray thing didn't really bother me that much. It would just, it just, it lent to the inconsistency of, of Star Wars at the moment. Like, how the hell did you have it to where everyone in Force Awakens kept going, the girl? What girl? The girl? And then in the second movie, you're like, the girl is nobody. What? <laughs> like, what? So to me, the Ray thing didn't bother me. It was the Luke aspect of it. That really, really bothered me with Ryan Johnson. So to me, if you have The Last Jedi ranked high, I respect it. I, I, I told you, Joel, I don't hate that movie. 
I respect a guy that's ballsy enough to look fans in the eyes and say, nope, to everything you want. Um, I respect it. I don't hate Ryan Johnson for it. I was a little bit let down, but thanks to John Favreau and Dave Filoni, I got the Luke Skywalker I had always envisioned seeing. So made up for me. Um, But yeah, he had Last Jedi number one, Revenge of the Sith number two. I don't disagree with his number two. Um, Revenge of the Sith is very high for me. Um, And he had Phantom Menace, like almost Attack of the Clones was, I think, his very last one. Like that was, that was his, that was his, you know, dirt one. That was his doo-doo one. No, that's um, mine too. I think mine's it's at the bottom. It's definitely the weakest, a hundred percent. Even though I, I, I always argue to people, the most important conversation in that trilogy, outside of Phantom Menace, is in Attack of the Clones. It's the conversation between Dooku and Obi Wan. The most important conversation of that trilogy. Um. But yeah, Phantom Menace, once I heard Dave Filoni break down what Duel of Fates meant, I was like, oh shit, I look at this movie completely differently now. So that movie's kind of leaped a little bit for me. Um, But yeah, I was really excited to see his list. I was really excited to see how excited he was to experience Star Wars like that. So I'm really proud of him. I'm glad that he's seen everything. Um, And like I said, I completely respect his opinion on it. And again, I apologize to anyone that loves uh, The Last Jedi that is a diehard Star Wars fan. I did not mean any disrespect. I was just saying when all that (laughs) backlash came out, it was was more so from fans that felt robbed and less from fans that were just like, I was just looking for a cool Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. I felt as though I got it. I'm going to do his bitch anyway, so fuck him. For sure. And like I said, I, I don't hate Ryan Johnson for it. I, I really do wish he stuck to the the consistent storyline. Um, but like I said, I love I love looking fans in their eyes and going, hey, you know how you wanted all that? You get none of it. Not even a little. Mm-hmm. Bit. Um, so, but no, um, huge shouts out, Joel. We get CW shows back this week. Um, yeah. So huge shouts out to that. WandaVision is this week. Uh, two episodes. Friday comes out on Friday. I'm going to warn you guys, like I warned everyone on our on our, the last podcast I did. Twitter, oh, no, this isn't anything about WandaVision, so don't worry. Um, Twitter does not owe you not spoiling shit. Watch it before you go on Twitter. That is legit common sense. Don't ask Twitter not to be Twitter. It will never happen. If you know Twitter always spoils shit and you still choose to go to it before you watch something, that's not on Twitter. That's on you. Watch it and then go on Twitter. Yeah, but there is at least some decency. You know, keep your mouth shut, at least for the the morning. Here's Here's why I said I didn't subscribe to that. There are a lot of people on this planet, and I'm not saying everyone, but there's a lot of people that don't have anybody to talk to about what they just saw. Right. So it's like, my friends don't, don't like it. My parents don't like it. You know, I don't really have anyone to talk to. Twitter is where I go to, to have these conversations. So it's like, if, if at 4am there's like 90 people across the United States that are talking about it, they're going to talk about it. You know, to me, I would just suggest to you, you know, that if WandaVision drops on Friday, what do you think is going to be all over Twitter on Friday? spoilers that's just that's just the world we live in you know sure should it be more decent 
Yes. Will it? Never. <laughs> so no. avoid it. Watch it when you can. And then go on Twitter. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Just don't look for the world to be your level of decent. It will never be that. It just won't. It won't. I was spoiled by Force Awakens driving to the movie theater. The, the fucking guy's bumper sticker was uh, um, uh, Han Solo dies in Force Awakens. At the time, I didn't really get the, the, the context of it. But then when I saw it, I was just like, God damn it. He really spoiled Why would you do that as a bumper sticker? Why? Who does that? People are assholes. That's what I'm saying. So don't look for the world to be decent. It's not a decent. Also, don't be the asshole. <laughs> so That's let me right. ask you this. I know for a fact you don't watch it at 3, 3 4 a.m. No, because I have work. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to. I'm asking. So when you wake up, is the first thing you do check is, is check Twitter? Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, yeah. And do you ever say to yourself, I'm probably going to see a shit ton of spoilers? I did eventually when I realized that they kept fucking with me. I'm like, bro, I just <laughs> turned it on. Like, I just, I forgot. I fucking, it's a normal day for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I try my best to warn people, man. Every Friday that, that was going on, I, mean, I just forgot it was Friday. Yeah. Like, off. It's just every day has been, there's a blur. So it's like, whatever. Today's the day. I completely agree with you. That's why. I, I was telling Angel, it pissed me off when I went on Twitter at 5 a.m. after watching the, the finale of Mandalorian. People had Luke Skywalker as their profile picture. I'm like, all right, that's excessive. Like, right. <laughs> like I don't even have to see words and you just spoiled it for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, don't be that guy. But again, if there's a whole bunch of people talking about it, that's just, unfortunately, that's Twitter, man. Twitter's going to Twitter. I get it. I just... Yeah. Just a certain decency, like not you don't have to spread that that rumor, like or um the the spoiler too, I like agree. reading it and like yeah, spread the word. <laughs> I I don't disagree. I, I do think Twitter needs to find a way to to help people with that, to where it's yeah. like there's like you could go on private mode when you want to do spoilers or something, and yeah. it's like only like you have to click like, do you accept viewing spoilers? Yeah, you know, I hope so it doesn't just show up. Yeah, this 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 tweet contains spoilers. Right. You can click like, view, you know. Just like they say this tweet contains something sensitive. Are you sure you right. want to do it? Just exactly. Do it right. Just do like that. Um if I you agree. can police a president, you can police spoilers. So right. make it happen. Um, but that's all me and Joel got. Uh, I don't think there's any shows. Uh, Prodigal Son just returned for anyone that's a fan of that show. Brilliant show. Please go watch it. Um, outside of that, I don't really have anything else. Is there anything else, uh, brand new that you were watching that came back or anything? Uh, I just started, I just started watching Warrior. Remember you talking about it? I started watching it. How are you liking it? I like it. Dig it. Really good so far. Um, you are going to freaking love it the further you get yeah, in. Yeah, I got, I think I'm on the first three episodes. Um, so Warrior, I'm finishing up Vikings, it's in its final season. Um, so I got a couple episodes of that. Um, what else was I watching that I just started? Well, I'm, I'm in the, I'm like towards the end of uh, the flight attendant. Oh, uh, I, I, think, like I, keep, 
no, I just keep forgetting about it. So I just have to keep going back. I'm like, oh, oh shit, that's right. This was show this. <laughs> um, but it's not bad. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, but I have like two more episodes left. Um, what else? Something else. I swear I just started watching it pretty good. I just watched today that on Netflix, a whole Night Stalker thing. It was like four episodes, but it was really good. Limited series thing. Uh, that was fun. Um, there's one other thing that I know I just started watching. I just can't remember what it is. Oh well, but you know those those are currently what I'm in the middle. Aside from the stuff I I'm still binging, you know. Right. Yeah, I haven't really started that much new stuff. Only because I know a whole bunch of stuff is coming back. Um, so I just don't want to put too much on my plate. So I finished Sabrina. Oh, I did finish. Oh, no, I told you I finished Sabrina and I didn't like the ending. Did you like the ending? It was okay. I mean, it was the ending, so I didn't it didn't bother me as much if it was here's, you know, it is. here's why, because they didn't they didn't promote this season as the final season that um that will ever exist of Sabrina. It's just the final time you ever see it on Netflix. But it's being shopped. So I'm like, the way that they ended it is like how you end a, a show that's been on for like eight to ten seasons. And, you know, it's the happy ending that, you know, yeah. you know, you've been building for these characters. But I'm like, no, there's still so much more left of this. But we don't know if it's going to get picked up. So I, I, I appreciate them doing it. Oh, so you're saying like how Daredevil ended with a happy ending. Right. Um, I appreciate getting closure. Yeah, Unlike yeah. fucking Luke Cage and Iron Fist where left us with blue balls. Don't like that. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I would have liked to have seen maybe a little nod of, of what was to come. Um, you know, because to me, when you leave it like that, of like what's possibly to come, I look forward to the day where I hear blah, blah, blah has, has picked it up uh, for another season. I would not hate. You would have to definitely dial it down a lot. I personally wouldn't hate uh, Sabrina coming to the CW. I really wouldn't. Yeah, it would be I mean, a different for sure. I would prefer <laughs> HBO Max, um, especially because Joel, they were building up to to having a crossover with Riverdale. Yeah, they kept mentioning Riverdale this season, and I was like, "Are you gonna go?" Like yeah. I, thought, they, I thought they mentioned it at least once a season. Yeah, they they really have, and I they, there was talks of the next season would have been the crossover with Riverdale, and there was a uh, character that crossed over too. I forgot which one it was. I think oh, last season. You know, I've never watched Riverdale, so I wouldn't have even known if it, if it was. Well, there you go. Well, it wasn't a popular character. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't Sprouse. No. Oh, okay. That's what I'm waiting for. I want to see Sprouse crossover. <laughs> chug, chug it. Um, but um, yeah. So make sure you guys check out Sabrina. We did not spoil anything. We made sure we just didn't. So make sure you check it out. And importantly, most importantly. Make sure you guys are checking out our, our YouTube page, Geek Vibes Podcast, this Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We will be going live for a multi-geek WandaVision breakdown. And this will be oh, what we will be doing every Saturday at 8, um, breaking down WandaVision, the episodes that uh, dropped the night before. Uh, please make sure you guys are joining us live in the chat. Um, and giving us your thoughts, uh, we are actually starting off this week's episode with conspiracy theory, which is oh, wow, uh, I will be asking everybody who do they think non Avengers is a scroll? 
Uh, oh fuck! Well, at least I know what to miss to this week. <laughs> wait, wait, why? You said you didn't want it to be an Avenger, so I said a non-Avenger. That's a scroll. Yeah, I'm good with either. Anyway, I don't feel like speculating. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, I'm just, I'm really curious. Uh, I, everyone keeps asking me like who I think, and everyone keeps asking me the same few names, and I'm like, no, that no, that's not who I'm. That's not who I'm thinking. Not at all. Like everyone, oh Fury, no. Oh, oh we Fury, got over that. No. You know, I'm like, no, none of none of those characters that are the most obvious. My pick is the guy that literally no one's talking about. Um, and you know, you know who it is, man. You've talked yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna have a little bit of fun with that. Um, but yeah, stay tuned, guys. That's gonna be a lot of fun. And make sure you guys tune in to next week. Me and Joel will be bringing back an all-new episode of uh hashtag Nick's take podcast yeah talk next uh but tonight was more so i wanted to make sure me and me and you covered a lot of the overall news before uh next week we're because if a whole bunch of news comes out next week i didn't want it to be you know we we didn't get to talk about the news of this week so now we're trying to pile everything on top of each other um so hopefully if it's a slower week with news we can focus on just the Knicks, and then we'll have another episode where we talk about everything um But that's all we got, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, Until next time, peace. Peace.